Hello and welcome to the Manufacturing Culture Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, gear up for a thrilling ride as we welcome a man who's been pedaling his way through the manufacturing world, creating new paths and reaching incredible heights. I'm your host, Jim Mayer, and join us as we chat with Matt Goosey, the president of MRS Machining Co., a company that has transformed itself from a humble garage startup to one of the top 10 machine shops in the nation. Hold on tight as we explore Matt's journey in the manufacturing industry, spanning over 35 years of dedication and innovation, including two cutting edge patents to his name. But wait, there's more. Not only is Matt a manufacturing maestro, but he's also a community hero, serving on his local school board, the Chippewa Valley Technical College Machine Tool Advisory Board, and even helping to launch Cardinal Manufacturing at the Oliva Stroom School. And when he's not busy with all that, Matt's passion for sports shines through as a licensed official for both football and basketball. Did we mention his love for cycling? This pedal pushing powerhouse has successfully cycled up Pikes Peak to an elevation of 14,115 feet and put over 9,000 miles on his bike in just one year. So snap into your pedal folks as we dive into an exhilarating conversation with the one and only Matt Goosey on this episode of the Manufacturing Culture Podcast. Hey, Matt, how are you doing today? Happy Friday. Wow, Jim, I have to hire you as my technical writer. That's amazing. (laughs) Um, Anytime, anytime. I I accept all offers and all jobs that come my way. So uh, if you need a writer, I'm here for it. Well, oh yeah, well, thanks for having me on. It's going to be kind of hard to to beat that, but um, (laughs) I'm excited. I'm excited to be here. Uh, we're excited to have you, Matt. Uh, you know, you had reached out to me uh, via LinkedIn. Um, we had a couple of conversations about your take on culture, uh, your company. I thought that you're a great fit for the show. Um, so I'm really excited to have you on today. I'm excited to, to have uh, a bit of a further conversation and see see where we go on this journey today. Yeah, um, I listened to several of your podcasts and some of them guests you've had on there are amazing. As it, it'd be a it would be a high task to beat some of them guys, but um, oh, the, but thank you for putting this on. It's wonderful. Absolutely, we're gonna have a lot of fun today, Matt. We're gonna have a lot of fun. So <clears throat> before we dive into the cultural side of and your cultural journey, talk to us about MRS machining. What do you do? How many people do you have? Where are you located? Give us the, the overview of MRS. Yeah, well, we're located in Northwest Wisconsin. Um, to be honest, we're in a bunch of between some cornfields and some woods and forests and <laughs> a few lakes and rivers. And <laughs> sounds and, like uh, a beautiful place. <laughs> it is a wonderful place. So we actually to do some recruiting, we shot some videos so people get kind of a feel of what it's like up here. Right. Um, we're, we're basically, I like to, to tell people we're like a grocery store for machining. We, you know, we don't make thousands of something. We don't make a product that lasts for three, you know, three years. We just make things to print when someone's in need. Um, we're 
amount of high volume or short run by our say 50 pieces or less is our niche okay. can you make round parts with side features interesting okay and, and how many how many people do you have there um we're at about 50 or over it, it, it's 50 i think right now we're at 51 or 52 but okay. then we got some part-time got about five or six part-time people awesome come and go awesome so uh tell us about the history of mrs uh you know it's been a company that's been around for a while it sounds like when when was the company started uh and and what was your entrance into the organization so this is our 37th year in business and we started in 1986 my dad started in high school okay when i was in high school senior in high school and he we kind of got in uh, this machining business by by accident it wasn't planned and <laughs> There was no business plans. It was just like uh, my dad worked at a shop. Actually, the building we're in today closed up, and and they just asked my dad about taking some material and putting it in his garage, and asked if he could machine it. And and we never even thought about starting a business. We just were in just helping the customer, my dad's friends out, and we naturally evolved into this machining thing. I call it. Wow. So, um. Well, yeah. I got a life, a lot of life lessons. <laughs> I'm. I'm taking notes. That's why I like doing podcasts. So I can come back. I'm writing a book. Are someday. you? Okay. Yeah, so machine shop 101, how to fail and be successful. I'd love it. How to fail forward, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. Uh, keep me posted uh, as you go through that process. Uh, it's something that's always tickled my fancy, but I, I don't necessarily think I have the patience to write a, a book. Um, <clears throat> So tell us about the culture when you started. I mean, if it's been around 37 years, you've been part of the organization pretty much from the beginning, uh, it sounds like. Um, tell us about the culture when uh, you, you first started hiring employees outside of the family, right? And what was the cultural journey like uh, to, to present day? You know, th 30 years ago, you know, society was a whole lot different then and yeah what it is today you know we're when we hire started hiring people it just kind of naturally evolved and we just looked for people we didn't you know like i said i was a machinist and i looked for people that had the same kind of characteristics to me i was always looking for a skill can you make this can you, can you read this it really wasn't looking for you know later down the road it was just a kind of reactionary our customers got busy we got machines and we just hired people that's the way we did it <laughs> nowadays it's a whole lot different sure um you know starting out it was more like people were trying to sell themselves to come work for us and you know nowadays it's just reverse where we have to go out and sell ourselves to come work for us yeah it, it's just that's the biggest thing i change i've seen in the last 30 years yeah i i can see that uh i was just in a conversation uh, about that very uh concept yesterday with uh, somebody and we were talking about different generations uh, of employees and he brought up the fact that uh, you know 30 years ago <clears throat> trying to find employees was a lot easier uh, and now there's just so many shops he believed uh, that the that people can go uh, anywhere and, and find a job. So it's really up to the uh, employer, uh, like you said, 
to market to uh, the employees or the, the potential candidates? Yeah, so I've learned a few things through that, you know, from back then, you know, it's pretty much, it was just nice to sit back and hear the potential team member come to you and sell themselves and it was your choice. But, you know, the things today in society that it's, you know, young people and some adults, you, ha you have to, you know, be a more, you have to be a leader. You have to show you're a leader. You have to stay in your lives. And mm -hmm. that's, you know, because everybody's, you know, there's so many broken homes back. And I think in the nineties, there was, you know, 80% or 70% of marriages lasted. Now we're people get married and I think it's like a 40, 50% retain. So these broken homes and there's, I mean, you didn't hear of drug problems back in the late 80s or, you know, early 90s. Now there's all that stuff going on. So kids or people want attention and they want to be lifted up. Yeah. And show you care. Yeah. I, I hear that. I hear that. So through this cultural journey that you've been on uh, and this change in, in how you recruit uh, and, and how people find you or you find them, where would you say your culture is now, Matt? Um, you know, I, I think we have a wonderful culture. We, you know, I always tell people three things when they come are here, the people that are here and the people that we hired three things. You want to be here. I want you here. We're going to have fun. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> it's very simple, but I like it a lot. <laughs> Simple. That's very. Um, that's uh, simple is the key too. So when any of those things change, and you know everybody has a bad day or two or three, you know if it gets to be longer in the week, we have to talk about it. Ninety-nine percent of the time, we talk about it. It's cleared up. It's someone, someone said, or something outside of life that they're coming in here that you sure. can help them with. And it's you just have to talk communication. That's the big thing, you know today. It just seems like communication, cell phones or emails, and it's nothing face to face and personal. Yeah. You know, there's three things. I, I when I go to the, um, go to high schools, I call it the three things to successful life and careers, and I have about twelve different things of threes. You know, a conversation is really three things. It's the first part is you know seven percent of it's like words, texting. You can I can call you every name in the book, Jim, and yep. it ain't gonna bother me because I just sent the text. Yep. Um. And then you got the phone call. We can call somebody. It's a little harder to say something bad to them, but you really can't get that energy and that 70% of like meeting face to face. Yeah. That's the key to a conversation because you see facial expressions. You can read energy off each other. And, and I, I mean, personal transparency, I'm much more of an effective communicator uh, in person. <clears throat> because of that energy, be because of uh, the fact that I, I talk with my hands, I'm a very animated person. Um, uh, what I'm finding is, is that doesn't translate for me uh, through text or email or, or even sometimes through voice uh, and audio conversations or, or even sometimes video chats. Uh, I'm not as a, an effective of a communicator as I am uh, so that that's a great point. So what do you do, Matt, at MRS to encourage uh, communication amongst your team? Um, I personally walk the floor every morning and first, second shift. Yeah. And, you know, good or bad, you hear good things, you hear bad things. Yeah. And, you know, someone, if someone's struggling with a problem, I 
shoot, usually go, I go find a solution for it or help them find a solution for it. Yeah. Um, personally and, you know, professionally here, that's what, that's, if someone's struggling or somebody heard something or if my QC manager is struggling with something, I, I go up and talk to the sales team. So sure. I'm just kind of that in between person. And, you know, we have a lot of tools in our, in our ERP system. We have computers and all our shop floors that, and then everybody, of course, everybody has cell phones, but we use the internal stuff to communicate back and forth. And then also we get a record of it and it's in our ERP system. It's sure. something we made. It's something we made here homemade. We have a lot of homemade stuff, I call it here. <laughs> Because you can't buy the stuff you're looking for. Right, right, right. Um, <clears throat> so, Matt, where do you want to get the culture uh, of MRS to? Is there a goal in mind, a cultural goal that you have? Yeah, I want to be the the place to come work. I Got wanna, it. I want to be the shining star in the community. I want to be the shining star in the state. And I want to be the shining star nationally. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. So what, what, what kind of steps are you taking? Uh, and, and, you know, usually at the end, we talk about three initiatives. Um, and, and so I don't want to spoil any of that at the end. Um, but what, what kind of things are you implementing uh, or thinking about implementing to get you, get you to that point? Um, you know, one of them, you know, like I said, the, the biggest recruiters for me for MRS is our employees. <laughs> Yeah. You know, I mean, most of our people that come work here, someone that is working here and has a friend or knows a friend or has a cousin or relative and and they just start talking about, you know, we do this, we do that. And so that that's probably step one. Sure. Step two is just getting, you know, other colleges and schools and, and we're we're really pretty deeply into that. We're and I work with a lot of we work with a lot of high schools in our community. And I, I can't think I don't know. There's at least probably a dozen of them we work with, and I know you. We all know the guidance counselors and the principals, and mm-hmm. and we go to all their career fairs. We invite them in here. So and we we hand them T-shirts. We don't hand hats because they can't wear hats in school. And <laughs> and so now we got you know I even give the bus driver the teachers T-shirts. You know, That's two, awesome. Three dollars. Yeah. So now everybody's like next day wearing MRS machining shirts in school and then they snap pictures on Facebook and all that stuff. So now they got everybody in the community in the area and they know who MRS is and then they start checking your websites out and they start listening to podcasts or, you know, so that's probably stage two. I think stage three is we have to get maybe, I don't know, maybe more of the government state people involved, you know, start talking about us and, mm-hmm. and so that's, that's kind of where I want to get to. Sure. <clears throat> I want to be the shining star. I get that. Um, so how do you think your your father's vision values have shaped the culture of MRS through the, the growth and evolution of the company over the last 37 years? Um, you know, my, I don't know if, I don't know if I told you that, but my father's not here no more. Oh, I'm sorry. I did not know that. No, no, that's no, we're all good. It's, you know, it's part of life and, you know, you can sit there and dwell on it and, and, but it just have to move on. Yeah. I love my dad to death. Me and my dad are best friends. It was, he was given two years to, um, to live. So we, I was very thankful that we had time to plan. 
okay. we got to say our goodbyes. You know, we got to plan the vision for MRS and what we're going to do. Um, but you know, after it hits, then it really hits. You can prepare for it, but it didn't. It hit me. It hit me hard. And I'm it, sure I couldn't. I couldn't walk in this place for three months. And that's yeah. when I knew that's the people here. That's when I knew I had to do something. Yeah. So out of, out of that. My dad always wanted to give back to the people. Um, we looked at an e-stop, you know, we looked at employee owned and all that. And that just didn't work for him at the time, didn't work for me. So I, I just told him that, I just said, hey, I, I want to give 40% of the profits back there and the people here. And yeah. I want them to feel like this place is just as much theirs as it is mine. And that that's where the culture thing kind of truly took off. And we do that today. You know, today is going to be a great day at MRS. Um, we're handing out bonus checks. We've had a really good year. We've had really, really, really good years. And so we do it twice a year now. And so today's, today's the day. And today's bonus day. That's awesome. Today's, today's bonus day Friday. <laughs> so it, that's the most enjoyable thing of being a business owner. Yeah. I have to say walking around handing someone you know, some thousand dollar checks or more is nothing more thrilling than that. I mean, you can't even, I'd rather do that than win the lottery. <laughs> I mean, that's just that's how much it means to me. Well, it's it, it, in essence, it's it's winning the lottery for your soul, right? I mean, it, yeah. it may not be a, a tangible, physical uh, win as far as monetary for you, but uh, it sounds like that fills up your your tank uh, and and keeps you going. Yep, I've been very blessed. God's been good to us, and. So, and then we just like to pass that on to everybody. That's great. So it sounds like you've, uh, you've built this foundation uh, for MRS uh, of having a strong company culture and, and that it's important to you to maintain that moving forward. Uh, tell us some stories about the, the culture and the people that you have there. Oh boy, how much time do we got? As as uh, much as first, you want, buddy. <laughs> I'm gonna go back. It's not I. It's it's we. Um, you know, I I, I hire people smarter than me, Jim. Yeah. And I just kind of get out of the way and let them just roll with it. And if there's a problem, they should come to me. You know, the seems like when I always leave, the things get a lot 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 better. <laughs> uh, like more gets out the door and and more work comes in, and I'm just like maybe I should stay away more often, but. <laughs> You know, some of those things will be done, and people take notice in it, and everybody's always looking out for each other. Yeah. I can just – some two, two recent ones in the last month that are fresh in my mind, and there's several others. Uh, so I work with these high schools, and there's one teacher over here at Cardinal says, hey, I, I got a guy that's been in a really rough situation. And uh, I said, well, how rough? He goes, pretty rough. And I go, okay. Can you, you – can I bring him over for a job shot? And he goes, okay, come on over. Well, anyways, his, his mom was uh, is a uh, meth head. And so he, she has nothing to do with her son. And his mm. dad overdosed on drugs as a kid. Oh, he's, uh, he's 18 years old. He's been living by himself in an apartment since he's been a freshman in high school. And, uh, you know, I think of that, just a freshman. And he was going down the wrong path. That's probably the only time I'll say this, but he met a girl that changed his life around. Wow. So here he comes over here, you know, and 
he starts talking to our people and he starts telling about his problems and and i have guys in my office and you know in tears and i'm like okay we're gonna get this guy in here we're gonna give him a chance and we're gonna show him and this guy is just like thinks he just won the lottery so yeah. he's in here and i'll work in it and just a great just a great guy you know it's just doing a wonderful job for us that's one of the things we do you know and then you know current employees and your team members i should say i don't think they're nobody's an employee here they're part of the team and it. they start seeing that and they start telling their friends you know so then they're they're all if he does that for them what's he going to do for me if i get in trouble yeah. that just spreads that 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 spirit just spreads and you know you walk downtown and you see somebody and say hey i we hear the story about blah 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 and like yeah that's true <laughs> and so um, some of the kind of things we do and you know we because people have a lot of my best employees are the ones that went out in life and just failed at it they went to they went to a college or they went to a career that were promised big green pastures and it did, never worked out and they come yeah. in here and they, they can just take ownership of themselves you know it just do a little thing a little thing something little is much more important than something big yeah i love it so and you know i tell people that it's everybody comes in here some people come in here watch hourly rage watch hourly rage i, I don't get into the hourly. We, we do pay an hourly rage don't get me wrong but i look more for the benefits you know got to kind of sell that on them but you know i tell them that to be honest with you there's people out there that i know are really wealthy i mean like really wealthy mm -hmm. they're the most unhappy people i know and <laughs> people that live paycheck every week paycheck they're the most happy people yeah and so don't always make money the factor make it make a make life fun and you got to get out of bed in the morning and be able to you know that's another thing i do i tell kids that when you get up every morning and you tie your tie your shoes think of something positive yeah because if you think of something negative you're gonna have a negative day if you think of something positive you're gonna have a positive day so something to yeah i i live life with the the mindset of surround yourself with positive people and positive things will happen so it sounds like you're sharing that kind of a message out there as well yep when i tell I always tell my people when they go to the gas station our team members they go to the gas station just say hello yep say hello hi that's all you gotta do just smile and say hello because i always tell them if you do good things to other people people other things will happen good to you and just a simple smile could change somebody's life you, you don't know you, you'll never will never know but you never know yeah and um so you know that, that's part of our culture we just we have fun here at mrs but we also try to have spread that uh, you know good things out in the community yeah i love it matt you you said something earlier that i want to go back to you said that you hire uh people smarter than you and in every leadership position i've ever had that's always been my mindset. I know my skill set. I'm very self-aware of what I'm good at, and it's not much. Um, but what I am good at is building teams and and uh, motivating people. Um, so when I've hired, I always look for people who are smarter than me that can do the job, um, and then work on building the strategy so that they can do what they do and i to your point get out of the way talk to us about your leadership team at mrs how you've built that uh who the people are and uh and how they're able to function at, at a high level there 
Yeah, you know, so leadership's been and teaching that is something that's hard to do, but you just kind of learn on the on the on the on the fly or on the trade as you work into it. Because mm-hmm. you know, like I tell people when they kids or adults or people that are going to before they get married or meet a girl, a guy, or whatever, date them for one year. Yeah. And they kind of look at me kind of funny. Why one year? I said, because you go through all the seasons. <laughs> every season, every season is a different feeling. You know, yeah. spring you feel refreshed, and summer you feel hot, and the fall you feel cool down and exciting, and the winter you feel kind of depressed. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of what we do here. You know, we have to get someone here a year, and we make sure it's all a good fit and everything. But some of my team members, um, you know, the lady that's in my uh, sales department, she came into, this is back in, I think she's 27 years now. She came in to use our fax machine one day. She lost her job and I was sitting there and she was going to put her resume in my fax. And I looked at it and and I knew who she was. And I just crumbled it up and threw it in the garbage can. She got mad at me. <laughs> what are you doing that for? I said, you start, you start tomorrow. I don't know anything about this. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. <laughs> but I, I, I knew she had good characteristics. I know she grew up on a farm. I knew she cared for people, and uh, and that's all I needed to know. And I knew she was pretty smart. And today, she's probably like (laughs) materials. She can tell you every recipe of material. She would want sulfur. She knows what anything is in that batch of material, the tensile strength, the anything. She she's a whiz at it. Really, she just soft 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 taught herself that. And then actually, some of the material suppliers actually called her and all. Hey Cindy, I got this project on this customer, and what can we do this for this or for that? And she she hasn't got no degree in engineering materials. She just <laughs> learned it on herself. So, you know, those are the you know that's kind of like a diamond in the rough, you know. Yeah. And you know, we have a lot of women that we're working here, and that's kind of another reason we're all that MRS machining doesn't it stands for a woman-owned company, actually. That's what okay. we started out with. It. Yeah, that's we started out. My mom was the president because my, we were going to get in the government work, and that it didn't really materialize as like it should. But um, and it, it stands for lots of things now. And I could go. I could, we have a lot of jokes. So that's what we say. <laughs> we no, I, I now I'm interested because uh, I my company TCO Strategies. Uh, when I first came up with the name, right, uh, TCO in in manufacturing total cost of ownership, but my kids didn't weren't aware of that, um, and so they started calling it Taco Strategies. Um, and, and so it, it, my name has uh, for my consulting business has gone through a couple of evolutions, and there are a couple of jokes. I'm interested to hear what what some of the ones about MRS are. Well, I'll start off with the best one. Matt's okay. really smart. Matt's really smart. <laughs> Matt's really s- I like it. I like it. And it, uh, that was employee driven, I hope, and not self driven. <laughs> yeah, I've <maybe> been self driven. <laughs> ah, that's even better. That's even better. Um, awesome. What, what's another um, one? Um, well, the one my wife, want to hear the one my wife says? Of course. They might some of the younger adults who are listening might want to plug their ears, but Matt's really sexy. <laughs> hey, hey, it, it's it happens within your your relationship. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. And no. I we're we're not uh, airing in elementary schools. Uh, I do know of a couple of technical schools uh, that listen to the podcast. So uh, students. Uh, 
that's that's what happens when adults uh, are are together. Um, no, I love it. That's great, um, Matt. So your employees are obviously one of your most valued assets that you have there, right? Um, and you use them to help you, you know, do the recruiting. How how else do you involve them in shaping the company culture? Do you sit and meet and talk about mission and vision and values on a regular basis. Talk to us about that process. Yeah. So we do, we do, you know, we do some things that pretty much everybody else does, but you know, we're, we're an open book policy here. So every, you know, every week we have our meeting production, we call them production meetings mm-hmm. and every, every key member gets to speak on um, behalf of what they're doing and what they see and how we can get better. And we all have little goals each week, you know, Actually, if you're alive right here, I have a bottle of burden on my desk. Because really? um, I, I motivate our sales team. I got this bottle of burden, bourbon on my desk. And I said, when you get your first $490,000 order on a PO, we're going to open that baby up and we're going to have a little toast. I love it. Um, just some little motivational factors. Yep. Everybody gets to speak troubles. And then we all sit there and we just try to help each other get, okay, this is how I think it, how we should handle it and how we should do it. And then we we have numbers. We have weekly goal. We have weekly goals, but we have monthly goals mostly. We have quarter goals, and then we have yearly and a three year and a five year plan. And then every month we have a cookout here at MRS first and second shift. We'll cater it in. Um, we'll we just you know we'll have a taco month. We'll have a a pizza month. We'll have a hamburger month. A steak month, and everybody takes turn cooking, organizing it. That's and great. Then we have a then we have a twenty minute meeting with the whole t- everybody gets together. First, second shift comes in, and uh, we go over the numbers. And here's where we're at. Here's where we're going. Um, here's the problems. Here's the good things. Here's our customers. Here's our customers. You know, concentration. We don't have any customer here over 15%. We don't have any industry over 15% here. And we just, you know, so they feel confident. They they feel we're going strong. And you know, because you don't want to have your eggs in one basket, and that customer pulls his work out, and you just bought a house and a or a truck <laughs> payment. And, scared to lose your job tomorrow so yep. we keep that that's that's where the communication thing comes in people want to be just a part of something and so they don't have that fear of that they have to worry about something they shouldn't so wow <clears throat> and i know where this podcast is all about culture but i love the industry and uh it's wild to me that you don't have not only not one customer is more than 15%, but not one industry is more than 15%. Tell us about that process, just because I'm interested, I'm sure uh, our listeners are interested in in how you've uh, been able to diversify so well. You know, yep. So first of all, if you can't measure it, you can't manage it. Sure. So we have a lot of just natural measurements that we just do ourselves. We like again, I hired a guy from went to school for psych, psych psychology, I think it is. You know, okay. Masters of masters in psychology and he's got some other degrees and he was working in a place locally here in a service management position and and they you know, there's a guy that's really bright and they just think give him time to grow and they won't listen to his ideas and and somehow he joined our team and he's just a metric guru and he, he just like you know, it would take me hours to do. He can do like in minutes. And <laughs> it's like he's my own AI guy, you know. That's awesome. <laughs> and so oh, I was going with that. But anyway, he just likes to push the metrics out. And 
No, we were talking right. about diversification and, and okay. uh, yeah. key metrics and things of that nature. Yeah, sorry about that. Yeah. So anyways, he'll measure that. And then the, it, that's probably the hardest challenge is try to stay diversified in each industry. Mm -hmm. um, so we'll just, you know, we'll just talk to our customers or, you know, we don't advertise here. It's all word of mouth. Sure. And, you know, just customers leaving customers. and. But no, we... we we look at those numbers quarterly and we're, okay, if we're getting a little high in aerospace, we're getting a little high in power generation, then we'll have to call or come up our other customers that aren't in that industry and say, hey, do you got anything for us? Can we do something better? Is there any projects? And we just, we communicate with our customers. Yeah. That's really the, I guess that's the key. And when we take on new customers, we look at them very seriously because number one, why are they looking? Okay. You know, because maybe they're not paying their bills or maybe they're just not very nice to deal with. Um, so it's just like a marriage, you have to get, so when we do decide to take on a new customer, we know we look at the industry, um, we start small, we think big and we move fast. Yeah. Um, that's what I tell everybody. I, I, I use that all the time and everything. <laughs> you know, think, start small or think big, start small, move fast. I love I kinda it. Steal that, I kind of steal that from a, a friend of mine who um, um, up at, that we do it and then we speak to high schools okay so yeah so that's really how we do it it's not it's not rocket scientists so how do you I mean, how do you create your metrics uh, are they built through a, a strategic planning session for the year how do you uh, come up with what metrics you're going to track and uh, how they fit to the the vision and the the mission uh, of the organization so we have, you know, we're ISO certified here and we have our annual ISO meeting and we do our SWOT analysis. Mm -hmm. and as we go through our SWOT analysis, we, we create all these metrics and then we can, I bring Joe in who's the, you know, he has all the metrics. And yeah. if we do it through our ERP system. Okay. But, but we tailor made some of that from our ERP system. We kind of tailor made some of that. So it, it tracked it for us. And like our customer will, we'll label them as a customer, like our number of their abbreviations, but then we also label them as what industry they're in. So then it just automatically creates a spreadsheet for us. That's amazing. It, so it's, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Um, and that way everybody, since you track it through your ERP system, everybody's on the same page as far as uh, status is concerned when it comes to the metrics, right? Correct. Yeah, they can pull it up anytime. That's great. What what ERP system are you using, Matt? Um, it's it's we call it it's Job Boss. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the the the, the tailor made stuff that we made to it is really cool. And that's I did great. nothing. That's nothing I did. They done it. They just the, like crystal reports and stuff. I'm not a computer guru, <laughs> but they somehow integrated it all. And you know, there again, we all talk. Um, you know, our our weekly meetings. You know, Marianne's our scheduler. There's another lady that went to school for, she went to school for business. <laughs> she's, she does all her scheduling. She's never really went, she didn't know anything about machining, <laughs> but she's got enough common sense to go out on the floor and ask somebody and figure it out herself. And that's another thing, figure it out yourself. And she yeah. just figures it out. Um, she, she guides her, oversees our saw department. Um, She'll go down, and that's another thing we do. Um, you know, so everybody that's in their area, we get them out of their comfort zone, and they have to go into someone else's area and play around. Yeah. Um, that that come out of our SWAT meetings, threats, areas, and weaknesses. So one of our threats were we didn't have a backup, and so really? when someone's gone on vacation, we really didn't have a backup. 
So I, I, I just wanted everybody, I want to have a backup for every position here. So if someone leaves or someone retires or whatever, there was a person, there was a person, a backup. Yeah. I guess that, that, I, that came from our, our, our machines. We were over hundred percent Mazak here. And I always bought one machine. Every time I bought one machine, I always knew I had to buy another one for a backup. <laughs> wow. Okay. I like you know, it. Just like, yeah. So, um, so on Saturdays in the winter or whatever, you know, Marianne or Cindy or whoever, Kim or GM, they go out and run a machine. They make wow. parts and they learn how to check them. They learn how to, you know, they learn what a cutter is. They learn what's, you know, they just, they learn that. And, you know, so that's kind of a, that's what we do. We're all trying to get not great at everybody's job, but just have an idea of each other's job. So when we're talking with each other, we understand each other. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. So Matt, um, <clears throat> you told us about your, your a little bit about the, the outreach you do with schools um, and the fact that you give everybody from students to bus drivers and everybody in between uh, an MRS shirt. Um, talk to us a little bit more about your, your community involvement, whether that's uh, being an official for sporting events, uh, being part of, of the boards, uh, the, the technical college. Talk to us about that involvement and, and how it's helping shape that culture at MRS. I'll start with it. Well, sports efficient is the reason I got into it. I was kind of a middle school coach and then we could never find officials. And <laughs> I, I hear that. I feel that pain point uh, in my core. Uh, continue. So when my son was a freshman in high school, I said, oh, I'll give this officiating thing a try. And that's when it, that's that, you know, everything in life I try to revolves around an issue or problem I ran into that make me better. So my very first game I ever officiated, I never had a mentor. I didn't mm -hmm. know what I was getting myself into. I thought this is easy. You just stand out there and you, you throw a flag and <laughs> it's easy. Well, the game ended with a coach coming running at me, calling me every name in the book. No kidding. And, yeah. So I went home that night and I got sat down. My wife said, what's the matter? I said, I'm done officiating. She said, why? And I told her and she goes, I think you need to give it one more game. Okay. And find somebody and I'll, We'll find somebody that will help you and lead you. So, so happens that our insurance agent was a football official. So Interesting. We gave him a call. So I, we gave him a call and he helped me out and walked me through it. And and here I am today. I'm a, now I'm a college colleg collegiate football official. And and once I started doing this, I started thinking, you know what? This is kind of a good way to get into high schools because I, I had trouble getting into high schools back then. Okay. You call the guidance counselor, you call those teacher, the principal, and you never hear back. They're busy. And yeah. Well, then I started seeing these kids on this, the field, and I'm like, man, that kid's got some really good sportsmanship. You know, he'll pick the ball up and give it to you, say thank you, Mr. Official. You can he can see leadership when his kid's being a, a jerk. He'll come over and knock it off, and yeah, we'll sit on the bench. And I'll bring you know, those are the guys I want. I want all the industry working. And yeah. And then you go to the head coach and hey coach, can I come talk to your kids tomorrow about some, want to learn about rules, well and some leadership skills? Well, what coach in America doesn't want to hear that? So yeah. now you're in the back door, and so you're spraying some rules. And hey guys, what are you guys doing after school? What are your career plans? And you ever think about manufacturing? And you know that's how you that's how you get creative. And wow. So, That's really neat. I had no idea it was at the collegiate level, Matt. I, I, I mean, I, I read the bio you sent. I rewrote it. I, I didn't know it was at the collegiate level. So you do 
high school and collegiate? Yep, I do high school football, I do college football, and then I do uh, high school basketball. Wow, that's pretty neat. And, and then you get to build those relationships uh, there, there with the the students as well. Exactly, and and that's another reason I got in the school board is because of that. You know, you just have you have to get you have to get out of your comfort zone, and, and you have to you know everybody sits there and complains I can't find help, skilled help, and I'm just sitting there going, <laughs> I don't know where you got. I feel like I'm lying though. I'm telling this big story or fib, but you, we don't have a problem finding help. We don't, you know. Right. I, 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 the skilled help, yeah, it's ten years, fifteen year person, but it, the culture's here, and it's just like you, you get every, and then it, just it's not me, it's everybody here. Yeah. And it's just you can't. You gotta leave your building. Yeah. <laughs> Most people just sit in their building and go to their building <laughs> and say, "Hey, you're important to me because whatever they're doing." And how would you like to come to my building and see what we do? Yeah. And oh, by the way, I'll buy you dinner. Ah. And everybody says, why do you give these t-shirts out? And I even pay for the bus trip sometimes to the schools or, or people that come in here. I give them a dinner just for coming. Yeah. Well, that's a lot of money. I said, well, okay. I mean, at the worst case scenario, it cost me 300 bucks. Mm -hmm. you know, do you know what I get for a return off an employee here a year off of sales? Uh, I mean, what? For, every, for every employee that I have here. I average about three hundred and twenty thousand dollars in sales. Wow, that's impressive. So, you're telling me a little three hundred dollar investment? Right. That's nothing. Yeah. That's like pennies. So, that's how I look at it. You know, smart. Because you know, every person that you hire, it costs you roughly around ten thousand dollars. So that's why you have to be. I mean, that's why you have to dig into it a little bit. You just can't hire somebody and then train them, and then three or four months later they leave because now you just you threw a lot of money out the door with it. Yeah. So tell us about Cardinal Manufacturing and the startup there. Well, that's my happy place. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I I we've heard a lot of happy places. So if this is the defined happy place, uh, let's let's hear it. So um, I met Craig Krakowski down in um, IMTS down in Chicago. All good things happen in IMTS. Absolutely. That's my promotional. So, you know, when you meet somebody, um, I have a, I have a natural ability within a minute. I can tell. I don't know what it is. I don't know how. I can't even explain it. But it's my name and my natural talent. I can tell if the person is decent, if it's cool, good. Or, or, here's a spark plug. Yeah. Well, I met Craig Krakowski, and I don't think it was ten seconds into the conversation. Wherever this guy's going, I'm getting on his bandwagon. Really? Okay. So he's telling me about. He's he's a tech ed teacher, and he wants to start a student-run business in the high school. And uh, he wanted to know if, if I would be interested. And I was like, Craig, when you get back to wherever your job is, come and take a tour of MRS. Uh, about six months later, he calls me and says, hey, I got this. I got a, um, I'm going to be a tech head teacher in Levis Trump. Could I come talk to you? Sure, come talk to me. And I tried starting a schooling here myself. Or, you know, me and my dad did. Mm -hmm. And I failed at it. You know, you know okay. the three Fs. I'm going to go back to my three things. The three Fs, fail fast, fix fast, and forget fast. And I like that's it. Another con that's another conversation. Yeah. But anyway, so I failed, and I needed. I wanted to fix it fast. So, and I wanted to forget about it. So the fail fast was we tried ourselves. I wanted to fix it. Craig's a fix, and I'm going to forget about all the mistakes I made while I did mine. So, <laughs> um, so Craig came over here, and he's like, "Hey, I, I'm starting to leave strong. I got a shop, and you know, I might need some stuff." And then my dad was here, and my dad was, uh, my dad always says, "One hand's for giving, and one hand's for receiving." Well, that day he had his hand up forgiven. 
Okay. He says, Craig, I'm going to give you a little CNC turning center. I'm going to give you a little CNC mill, and I'll give you a saw. And I was like, Dad, we got the cart in front of the horse here. Hold on. And Craig says, I love it, Roger. I love it. I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. But just can I have a year or two to get my shop cleaned up? So he cleaned it up. And uh, in his stories and stories of Craig about that. But anyways, he started a student-run business. And we focus on machining and welding. Well, that's all music to my ears. Yeah. And, you know, today, I mean, I could go on and on. But today, we, we don't so much teach the hard skills over there more. We teach soft skills. Yeah. And these kids come out of that program, you know, it's everything we need in America today, soft skills. They don't teach soft skills in high schools anymore. They should, but we need another year of literature, but whatever. Um, but these kids come out of here, they'll shake your hand, they'll be well dressed, um, they'll be very polite, um, they'll show up for work on time. And if there's anybody that comes in anybody's business shop or whatever, and they say they went through car to manufacturing, your next words out of your mouth better be better be when can you start because they're gonna have a superstar. And, you know, so if you can't teach the, you don't got the soft skills, you can't teach the hard skills. Sure. So we get the soft skills taught there, and we start teaching them some hard skills. I mean, they're really like running their own business over there. That's awesome. So the first, yeah, the first bottleneck was everybody, oh, they're, they're going to run you out of business, Matt, you're the competitor. Well, if I'm threatened by a bunch of high school kids with 100% <laughs> turnover that work two hours a day, I got, I, I, I got other problems. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. So, um, no, so we just started this, and then, like you said, the spirit, like the IMRF spirit, we call it, the Cardinal spirit, just started carrying on, and our schools wanted to see this, because we're having such good results with their, you know, so we started, these kids started getting hired in all our communities. Yeah. And these companies are like, wow, this is great. So they started buying in. Um, Craig's probably received millions of dollars of donations, and um, we don't Wednesday night we had an open house. We had fifteen hundred people there. The place was packed. And you, wow. if you go on my link, you go on my LinkedIn, you'll see a little video of it. Yeah. No other schools started. And then we started having calls. So then we started workshops. So we invite all these high schools and other businesses, and we teach them what we're doing. And um, so we have the kids in there. We have the teachers, administration. We have business partners coming there, like me. Um, they get to meet the kids. They get to see the thing live, and then they can go to their schools and try it. We actually wrote a book on it now. I can send anybody that wanted a free book. The Coke Foundation came in and seen it. They wanted to invest in it. Wow. Um, oh, we haven't. I know we started a student-run business, a, uh, a forum now. I think there's 12. I know there's probably over 25, 30 of these other programs in the state. Wow. For nature. Uh, Eagle Manufacturing down in um, Nashville, Indiana. Yeah. They're, they're, Chris is an amazing teacher, doing amazing things. Uh, Tiger Manufacturing up in Webster, Wisconsin. Another amazing guy. But you know what the problem is when there are schools today? The tech ed teacher is only making $50,000 a year. So when we hired Craig. They hired Craig and me being on a school board, me being a little nosy and knows how the system works. I go to the school board president one day and I said, what are you paying Craig? <sighs> well, I have to talk to the superintendent. The superintendent goes, well, we're paying him this chart. And I go, take that chart and throw it in the garbage. Well, we can't do that. I said, yeah, you can. I said, if you don't, I'll hire Craig over here. And he'll make twice as much tomorrow. Right. Ooh, we can't have that. So I said, Do you ever hear the word stipend? What do you mean by stipend? I said, So your egg teacher can work all summer long and you can pay her ten thousand or him ten thousand dollars more, but you can't pay Craig. Right. Oh, good good idea. So so we made Craig happy, made the school happy. Now, you know, we got people enrolling in the Cardinal. We call it varsity shop, because everybody that's what it is, it's varsity shop. They're they're known for their 
their manufacturing, their soft skills. You know, some high schools have athletic departments where they're good in one state every year. Yeah. This is cardinal. That's but, awesome. Yeah, I just talked with Chris uh, earlier this week from Eagle. Um, okay. And uh, I'd be very interested in, in uh, a connection with Craig. Um, I think it'd be a, a really neat episode to get those two on uh, the podcast and talk about these student-run uh, companies within these high schools. Um, let, let's let's get that connection made, if you would mind. Oh, no problem. You'd be, you better book about two hours, though. <laughs> <laughs> He's a chatty guy, huh? Oh, yeah. They're, they, they, they're, they're, they're so passionate and fired up for their, their kids and their programs. It's amazing. And why can't we do this in all schools? You know, the bigger the school, the worse it is. Yeah. It's just, I, we have another little thing we started now, too. It's called SOS, you know. And what it is is, you know, we're sick of the government trying to grant money and all that stuff. There's a bunch of fluff. And they got these trailers, and they don't work. And, and nobody's doing anything about it. So mm -hmm. we're start. We're we got private money. We go out to people like us and you know, other companies, and we we all throw in the money in the pool, and we raised about five hundred thousand dollars. And now we're going to start paying the teachers ourselves to wow. incentivize them. And every June we have them bring them in. We pay them five thousand dollars for one week to learn a project, how to run a machine, and we give them the curriculum. We give them the machine. And we throw it in their school. And wow, talk talk about some. Talk about some very positive, happy teachers in our in our northwest Wisconsin right now. Yeah. So, but you know that's going to lead to kids coming into manufacturing, and that's going to help build up the tech schools and the colleges, and you know that's what we need. But the government they just turn a blind eye. Oh, we got to have a grant. We got you know grant seventy percent of a grant's fluff. Right. We're spend three months talking about it and spreadsheets, and we all, we made this all happen in a matter of months. <laughs> It's amazing how quick things can move. Uh, yeah, we, I, I'm very interested in trying to get something set up like an Eagle or, or like Cardinal here in Arizona. Um, but it, it, like you said, the, the problem is uh, instructors are hard to come by. Um, but not only instructors, when you're talking about a business, you have to have somebody who can lead an organization. And for what uh instructors are making teachers are making here uh I'd, I'd be very interested in picking your brain on what we could potentially do here uh, as additional uh measures to to make these teachers or these these people whole uh financially so we'll continue that conversation uh afterwards yeah i like Maybe it more <clears throat> so Matt, tell us about um, how you strike a balance there uh, at MRS um, between culture and innovation, or, or are they one and the same for you? Tell us a little bit more about that. I, I think they're the same because um, we give, you know, I'm very fortunate here. You know, we have our 30 some machinists here and 80% of them mm -hmm. can set up and run their, run their own jobs. And they have full control over it. I mean, they can run it, set it up the way they want to run it. Mm -hmm. They take ownership in it. And, you know, we have, of course, they have the backing of our, I always call these guys my insurance policy, the inspection. That's my insurance policy here. Make sure it's good. But when you give someone a hunk of material and a drawing and 
just tell them to figure it out, make, make it and get it done. Yeah. They, <laughs> that that's instead of saying, this is the way you're going to run it. And this is the only way you're going to run it. And so how you got to do it, you know, right. and they see a better, they see a better way. They can't do it. Well, that's not incentivizing anybody. Yeah. And so that's, that's how, so these guys just become science more than artists than they are scientists. And, and so that's how, and, and it's not just machining. It's, it's in the office, it's in shipping, it's receiving, and it's, it's, it's in all those areas. So that's wonderful. And I just, you know, we all try to get better. We, you know, our goal, my goal here every day is to learn. Yeah. Learn something new every day, and that's what I tell everybody else here. We got to learn something new every day. That's great. So, so Matt, uh, you've already shared with us your three three things, your your direction, right? Uh, or or was that a, a different three things? Your your um, how you recruit and the the three things you shared with us earlier. Do you have an additional three initiatives that you want to share with us? Um, no, I think that's pretty much it. You know, I am. I say um, sign up, shoot up, and uh, show up. I love um, it. That's one of the other ones. I got the, um, you know, I, I start telling stories. And that's another story. But I always compare things with like the Christmas Carol, past, present, and future. Okay. So here's, okay, this is where you were at. Um, here's where we're at today, and here's where we're going. Yep. And so I use the Christmas Carol theory. I um, love it. Well, Matt, so what are some final parting thoughts that you have for the listeners? Uh, culture, MRS, com community involvement, employee related. What what kind of final thoughts do you have for us today? Um, you know, the first thing is people out there out there that are struggling, you know, because, you know, things are getting tougher, tougher. And, you know, just keep your head up high. It's all going to work out. Um, just reach out to people. You have a problem. Don't be scared. Go to somebody positive, though, you know, I mean, look for a mentor, a motivator, a leader. Um, just don't take, you know, I, I, I don't take no for an answer. Yeah. I'll figure it out. I'll find a way. Um, just be positive and just keep your head high. Um, you know, if you're looking for a job career or looking for a new place, you know, MRS is, we're, we're, we're happy to talk with you. We're always looking for good people. We're growing. Um, we grow 15% a year. That's anything great. Over 15, anything over fifteen is gets a little out of control. Uh, that, that's I guess that's really well. All I have to say, you know, manufacturing is a great career. It's not dirty, dirty, grimy dungeon. And yeah, um, you know, we got to change that perception. It. Exactly, and it's I think we're changing it. It's getting better it around is. here, anyways. I don't know anywhere else, but around here it is for sure. Yeah. It's starting to change a little bit. And now it's just, uh, I think a lot of people have forgotten about manufacturing. Um, <clears throat> you know, it's it's no longer that there's a perception, uh, at least in some of the uh, students and, and parents I've talked to in the last two weeks, um, it's not necessarily the perception that it's dark and dangerous and, you know, uh, the, the, the negative perception, it's, they don't even know that it exists as a career path. Uh, yep. and, and so we got to, we got to turn on the marketing juices and, and get this out there. Um, well, Matt, I really appreciate you being on today. Thank you very much. Um, folks, that's a wrap on today's episode of the manufacturing culture podcast. It was an absolutely electrifying ride we had with Matt Goosey, the president of MRS machining. We've explored the ins and outs of company culture, 
learned how it has evolved over time and discuss the role it plays in the success of a top tier machine shop like MRS Machine. From community engagement to his sporting passions, Matt's unique perspective on company culture has been inspiring. If you want to dive even deeper into the world of manufacturing culture and hear more incredible stories from industry leaders, don't forget to visit our website at manufacturingculturepodcast.com. There's so much more to explore and learn. Literally thousands of companies uh, that we can talk to. Uh, so I never see this show ending because we can just keep talking to, to these great companies out there in this industry. But wait, there's even more. I need, we need your help to keep the gears turning and, and spreading the word about the Manufacturing Culture Podcast. Share this episode with your friends, your colleagues, fellow manufacturing enthusiasts, and don't forget to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your feedback and your support make all the difference in the world. It, it really drives us up the charts. Uh, so until next time, have a great day and keep making things.